Hello. Welcome to my art form. It's time for Post Orthodoxy, a show about changing our minds. Yeah, baby. With your host, Dark and Ainsley Sevier. Maybe what they believe about reality isn't all of reality. What? I know, right? We are on a mission to have a better time with more people more often. The question is more like, how do you get there? Post-Orthodoxy explores strongly held beliefs, how those belief systems divide or connect people, and what might be found beyond those reality bubbles. Keep calm. Don't lose your head. I've got a piece of chocolate here with me because i got anxiety about doing this. Welcome to this neighborhood, neighbor, neighbor, Welcome to Post-Orthodoxy. Welcome to this place. Welcome to the outpost in the borderlands. We're here. And so are you. Either for real right now or someday in the future. I'm just uh, sharing some things around here, sharing the show to my timeline. Oh, nice. Very good. Uh, And then I will also watch the show. Just uh, sharing some things around here. Hi. I thought that was already happening. Okay. It's a tradition now. It is a tradition. It's a it's a it's an imprint at this point. An imprint. Yes, you've imprinted that that's always the way it's going to be. Oh, so your up. energy always makes it be oh, so. Oh, is that what's happening? That's what happens. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to go big. <laughs> go big or go home. Go big or go home. Oh. Welcome oh. to the show. I'm wearing uh, really glamorous clothes today. Yeah. What happened? Well, I wore this in is Vegas. It laundry day. No, I just felt like dressing up. It's like it's like a little cute pantsuit. Yeah, um, with sparklies. With very sparkly. Oh, I meant to bring down my rhinestone mask that I wore in Vegas mm. just so that everybody could experience that too. Oh, visually. boy. Yeah. Because I could wear that. Should you run and go get it right now? And you would still be able to see my lips move. Should you go get it? Nah, okay. I can I can bring that gag out another show. Oh, boy. We can have one. that conversation another time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Woo-wee. Uh, welcome to Post-Orthodoxy. We are a show. We like to say that we're a show about changing our minds. It's true. I won't say your mind because that's not our job. Yeah. We're not here to change your mind. We are sharing our journey of changing our own minds because yeah. sometimes... Um, it's like any other practice, meditation, workout. Sometimes you have to do it for a while Oh yeah. before you figure out what works and doesn't work. I'm in the business of changing my mind all the time. So I've been doing this for a while. I've been changing my mind a lot. I would say I would rather change my mind and know the truth than feel secure in, in whatever I knew before. I want to know the truth. And because of the crazy world we live in, that means allowing my mind to change. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this show is about changing our minds welcome along um there may we may say things that challenge your perspective strong reality yeah your mm-hmm. orthodoxies the your, way you think things are the way you think things are they may not actually be that way completely there may be other ways also or we might just say something that challenges the way you think things mm-hmm. are and that is threatening enough to some people Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. That's a primal animal response. I'm not calling people an animal in a negative or condescending way. It's just a known primal response um, that if you feel as though you know what's going on and then something comes along that says, maybe you didn't know what was going on, you have to defend yourself, much like you would have to defend yourself, um, defend your cave from a herd of saber-toothed Hyenas or whatever. You know, I thought of something that goes, that bolsters that thing that you just said. Okay. Um, my dad uh, was mostly deaf, deaf in one ear, 
could not hear real well out of the other ear because he was in the Navy and he, he didn't like to wear those headphones. So, um, I mean, maybe they didn't enforce them because he's in like a 1956, tough, yeah. tough American man. So he can't hear very well. And my dad has a lot of rage issues. Right. And uh, somebody connected that for me one time. You thought he was just like just a ragey person. I think maybe he, he's got some anger issues. Yeah. But somebody explained to me that when you're hard of hearing, and especially for older males from a different generation, right? they often are not aware of what's happening in their environment until it gets loud enough for them to be shocked. Uh, shocked. And so it becomes a shock because they only often become aware of things in their environment when they're at high pitch levels. Right. So it does an adrenaline surge when you're like, wait, something's going on, you know, mm-hmm. where normally you would be able to see the walk up to the something. Right. I think it's the same thing with information. I think there are people who are culturally deaf. They may have only a focused focused hearing for certain things mm-hmm. and ignore all kinds of other things or not know those other things are even there. Never heard them before. So when those things start to come into the favored view, it can seem like an invasion when it might just be what happens when old ideas die, new ideas start to come and infiltrate. Yeah. And that can be shocking. Yes, it's true. I this is a shocking show. It's a shock. Yes. It's been shocking conversations. Um, we started out post orthodoxy from a perspective of talking a lot about um, getting out of religious cults and religious cult like thinking. Hashtag not all Christians are like this. Right. Um, and because Dark and I both grew up in extremely conservative religious cults. And so we you can see it. You can taste it in the water. Just like you might be able to recognize an unhealthy relationship because of something you watched your parents do. You can see the signs way faster than other people can maybe see the signs. So we can see the signs of cult-like behavior really fast, like having a strong gay dar. (laughs) Right. We have a strong bullshit dar. I like to say that we have enhanced natural immunity to bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we had to... we had to liberate our minds from brainwashing at the loss of friends, loved ones, and community, as right. well as personal identity. Uh, so we started off doing religion, and then uh, as we got closer to the 2020 election, we spent more and more time talking about politics. and Orthodoxies of politics. Mm-hmm, the various yep. political parties, how people felt about them, what the people in those parties were doing, as opposed to what the leaders in those parties were doing. Right. And we had... Um, a Democrat friend come up to us and be like, well, it was fine when you were just bitching about religion. But now, like, they were like... Because she's an atheist. Yeah, because she... Yeah. yeah, but because... But when we started evaluating and bringing constructive criticism to the Democratic Party, that was not okay. That was a sacred cow <laughs> that we touched. Yes. No, and... nobody speaks bad about daddy. Right. Whatever your daddy is. And, and people often could not discern between us criticizing policies of the dnc or policies of the party they often took as personal criticisms of them as democrats yes and that's the thing that is hard to have nuanced conversations it's that's a part of the tribalism Mm -hmm. that makes this show and these kind of conversations fraught 
very fraught. So if you uh, are watching along and you happen to encounter something that makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't like it, because there are things that make you feel uncomfortable that you do like, um, but if this is something where you feel uncomfortable and you don't like it, please feel free to go and find another live stream to participate in or another podcast. There are 8 billion people on the planet and there are people out there who are talking about the things that you find valuable and there are places where you can feel comfortable and have a good time. We feel very comfortable talking about sticky issues, complex subjects, and admitting that we don't really know what's going on. So since our main platform right here that I'm looking at is post-Orthodoxy being broadcast on Facebook. Yes. So it's live streaming on Facebook. I have friends from all different lifetimes. Friends from when I was a stand-up comic in L.A., Mm -hmm. friends from whenever I was a tree monkey in Hawaii, friends (laughs) from when I was a pot grower in Northern California, friends. So these are all different worlds with different people, uh, different – and there's a spectrum of political, religious views within each of those worlds. So I have a really mixed group of folk, Mm -hmm. and people come and go in my feed – um, Facebook told me that they were going to limit my viewership. Like what, who can see my stuff? Um, yeah. they didn't ban me cause I didn't do anything wrong. They just don't They're just like, going to make it so people don't see what you're posting. They don't like what I'm doing. So they said, <laughs> if you keep doing that, we're going to limit who sees this. I'm like, eh. so Nothing we can do about that. This is the marketplace and the marketplace is being censored and we just have to work around it, I guess. So I don't know who's seeing it, but Steve Stark is seeing it. He says, you guys are awesome. Hello, Steve Stark. Thanks for joining in. So sometimes um, I comment. <laughs> I stopped with politics. Like I started commenting and like, hey, let's ha- how about some constructive criticism? Let's on make our party better. An important institution. Yes. That we that, need these guys. Uh, cons- that concerns all of my life. Maybe we should have a conversation about that. Thing. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Why do you hate the Why Democratic- do you hate us? <laughs> right. So <laughs> they didn't sound like that. That was a caricature. Some of them. In my head, they sound... Well, on Facebook, they sound like that. Well, in your head, on you Facebook, read their Facebook yes. comments as if they're saying it like that. <laughs> right. So if you're on Facebook and somebody says something political, uh, I just stopped really dealing with the politics because well, we it begin, just wasn't worth losing friends over. Because begin, I wasn't being anti-anything. I was saying, we need... Like, let's be positive. Yeah. Maybe we could change the system instead of doing it's always, always, always the lesser of two evils. What if we... Act, you know, there's a lot of humans in this country. There's a whole swath of humans in the country. There might be somebody better. There are 330 million people in America, and a lot of them are eligible to be president. Some of them could have good ideas and maybe a vision. Yeah. Something to get excited about. Something that's not just not those guys. So I wanted to have those conversations, and people were like, why are you doing that? Well, we became more and more and more trauma aware as the the thing went on. We started realizing that we had a lot of friends who were clinging to their Democratic Party identity to protect themselves from the uncertainty in the world the uncertainty in the world and the perceived threats of all things republican right so So not all things republican are an actual threat much like not all dogs are an actual threat but if you had a traumatic incident with a dog as a child you perceive all dogs as a threat 
So realizing that people were Facebooking in trauma, yeah, I realized that mm, dial it back. Reason, <laughs> rationality, uh, you know, trying to have nuanced conversations, mm. it just wasn't going to happen. So I dropped it, and then suddenly we have this pandemic thing, right? <laughs> and then that's been another great divider. The way the Trump, Hillary, Trump, Biden divider was, it just cleaved families Even and worse. groups and workplaces. <laughs> now the COVID thing comes, and it's doing the same thing, just separating. Um, communities yeah. and and relationships with people. So it's, it's like this cleave is coming in. So like when you, when I'm on Facebook and I see somebody posting something about COVID and I have done enough research, I do probably 20 to 30 hours of research into this story because it's only the most important thing of the time. So when I see somebody posting something that I feel could be harmful, mm-hmm. then I like to say, here's a thing that counters that, that might be based on old information. This is new information, which makes that information dangerous. And I know you're not doing it from a dangerous perspective. Right. You're just trying to be helpful. Right. You're trying to flatten the curve or whatever you're trying to do. This is the difference between telling the truth and being truthful. Right. You can feel as though you can intend to be a truthful person, but not actually be sharing the truth. So I don't doubt that people are sharing these memes, these medical memes, Truthfully. With the best intention. Oh, yeah. But I can see that it's it's harmful and dangerous because it's a lie. Because... And so to point out, how do you delicately say, um, excuse me, you're doing something that might kill people. Sorry. Like, what well, you're doing is endangering people's lives. So, like, how do you say... We didn't do it delicately. We just outright me? said yeah. it all last year and got canned from the radio yeah. station. <laughs> And then we're like, maybe yeah. we should take a step back and become more trauma informed and find like who this, who is our audience? Who is our audience? Who are we talking to? Because at KBMF, we were talking to largely blue dog Democrats and a few interested members of the community from other political parties that happened to make it in through the, the giant sperm race of Democrats at KBMF. Like, right. Like just a few lucky Republican and libertarian sperm sort of made it in there to balance things out, but it wasn't really balanced at all. It was all de- And we were saying like, we shouldn't make a medical issue, a political issue. These lockdowns are going to kill more people than save lives. And we're seeing the data come in now. And we were seeing the data come in last fall and people were like, why do you hate people? I would say I, I would like to go back and listen to our tapes yeah. from the beginning of the pandemic because I think we're probably 90% right on everything that we were saying was going to happen. We our assumed... prognostications of like, this seems like a bad idea. You and I grew up in traumatic scenarios and right. went through traumatic events to get out of those scenarios. Not everybody has done that. And we assumed that everybody was willing to hear the truth over staying in a dangerous situation. We assumed that people would rather know the real data... And what was really going on, then live in a lie. I assumed that. We assumed, no matter how painful, no matter how awkward it feels to find out that daddy lied to you, no oi, matter oi, how oi. awkward, it, how uncomfortable it feels to realize that your mom is letting you down or whatever the fucking thing is. Like, we assumed that our intelligent and well-intentioned friends on the left would rather know the real data and the real money trail and the real paper trail then live in a lie that could potentially be killing people. Yeah, it seems... And so we just sort of said it without being, like, gentle about it. Yeah, it's... brings us back to, like, what is our audience? Super dangerous what you're doing over there. So I... 
have to ask the question, why am I going on my why friends, are you doing this? <laughs> my friend's comment thread yeah. and saying things that I know they're not going to like to hear? Yes. Why do I keep doing that? And then you're going to live in this town and have yet even more people think badly of you whenever they see you at the grocery store. All right. So I'm going to try to explain that motivation. Okay. Why would you do that? Here's why I would do it. Uh, here's my understanding of the way the Facebook thing works. There's a lot of people. Um, somebody broke it down. I don't know how scientific this is. Okay. But somebody broke it down that like when you have a mass formation, when there's a mass psychosis occurring, when mm-hmm. everybody gets drawn into a narrative, the narrative doesn't have to be real to be perceived or to feel r- real. Yes. It doesn't have to be real. But so when people get swept into that, the numbers that I heard was like there's usually about 30% of people who are the total zealots for the thing. They really do believe it. Get on it. board. We're going to do the thing. They're going to tell everybody right. about it. And proselytize. Then and then there's another 30%, which I think we would be in that camp of the other 30%. At the other end of the spectrum, that's like, wait, this doesn't add up right. Mm-hmm. I would love to join the party, but there's a critical error. Vocal skeptics. And, right. So vocal skeptics are like, we don't like this, and we'll tell you why. And then... In between is 40% right. of people who go along with the top 30% because that's their jobs, that's their family, that's their church, right. that's their politics, even though they don't feel as adamant and zealous about it as yeah. their friends. So they're just going along to get along. Oh, right? if you've ever heard somebody be like, look, I just, I'm just so tired of the whole pandemic thing and I don't really know what's going on and I just don't, I'm just going to get a vaccine so I just don't have to think about it anymore. So you have the 30% zealots, you have the 30%, what would you call these guys? Skeptics. The 30% skeptics. And I think for me, the audience that I would like to talk to is that 40%. In the middle. That could go either way, Mm -hmm. depending on where the most compelling argument is. That if someone were to present them with valid data and facts. No, no, no. Not necessarily that. No. We tried that. Uh, (laughs) Not necessarily that. There has to be a sort of emotional social reason for them so maybe there's a punk element of people who are like there's a rebellious nature mm. that will make people want to go whether yeah. they understand why or not there's a sexy nature of like you know what we've been saying this for a long time and we're starting to be proven correct and the illusion is starting to fail on the zealots then there's that the people that will start to look askance and say how do i get in with the cool kids okay so that's a vibe and that's not necessarily about data. Mm-hmm. It's just about a story. Finding out it's joiners. Finding out it's joiners. Exactly. Finding out, like, like as the tide turns and more and more mainstream news sources such as Newsweek and Vanity Fair and the Washington Post and Sanjay Gupta um, start t- talking about this this new reality that's coming out that has always been the reality, but it was a conspiracy for a long time. Now it's the now it's a news. It was a conspiracy right. theory, but now it's a known conspiracy that the news sources are talking about, which is um, that Fauci and the NIH and the NAIAISAD or whatever it is. NIAID. NIAID. Yeah, NIAID. Not to be confused with an actual NIAID who has um, who ought never be compared to that institution. Um. But uh, so th- that they that they have been knowingly f- funding research to make coronaviruses that were not contagious to humans contagious to humans. Yeah, we know they were doing that. We know they were doing that. 
And they're working really, 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 really hard to one say Fauci did not know that we were doing that. And they're working really, really hard to say, okay, yes, we were doing that. And maybe Fauci did know that we were trying to make coronaviruses not that were not contagious to humans, contagious to humans. But the one that we're all sick from right now is not any of those ones that we were modifying. So like the bridge is closing in. Right. The port, the portcullis yeah. is the portcullis has slammed down as the drawbridge slowly lowers to let all the facts and data pile up at the gates of the castle that are basically um, this far away from proving that this did not have to happen. Yeah, I'm not going to jump the chasm and say that that's We're not exactly jump the chasm what happened, yet. but it all looks that the way. The drawbridge is falling close to the edge of the castle under the weight of all of the facts and data that is out there that you could know about. That this pandemic did not have to happen. It was caused by Quite possibly. 99.99999. Very sure, but we're not making the leap yet to yep. saying is because we don't actually know. But there's a lot of data saying that this pandemic did not have to happen. And you should want to know if the person giving you advice on how to stay safe in the middle of this pandemic is the person that, in fact, funded the design of the virus that is causing this pandemic. Yes. Yes. So I want to go back to the 30, 40, 30 percent thing. Yeah. Who, how, where did I? How? What? Did because I, I wanted to talk why I get on my friend's Facebook feed. Yeah, why do you, why do you do that? So I broke down the 30 40 30. Yeah. So there's the person who made the post that I feel like needs to be that is not true and it should be called out. It's not necessarily for that person. Right. It's for the lurkers. Right. There's a lot of people who don't have opinions because it will mean losing their family or their job. Or their church. Mm-hmm. Wherever they fall on the spectrum of fear to lack of fear about the virus, wherever they fall on that spectrum, it's just not worth representing yourself in a forum like a Facebook comment thread because it could cost you dearly. So there's a lot of people who are watching who and don't not say saying anything. anything. And that's the 40% yeah. that I would like to win over. To the thirty percent of people who have are looking at this at, at the integrity of the ship, they're following the money. They're following saying, the lies. I'm not taking that ship into the open waters because it doesn't have integrity. Yeah, and that's what we're saying about the narrative. It doesn't have to be a personal attack on anyone, especially not on well-meaning citizens who, in a very trying time, chose someone to trust. And we're finding out that the people that a lot of our friends and loved ones chose to trust are not trustworthy people. It does not have to be a personal attack. What this friend of ours posted on Facebook is a personal attack. Yeah, let's talk about, we're going to do three memes. Okay. Let's, let's do some meme analysis. Meme analysis, media analysis. And see where the virus actually, the dangerous virus actually lies. <laughs> so it says, a reminder of all the vaccinations, uh, vaccinations and many boosters you took without being a goddamn drama queen. So that's a personal attack. Yeah. They're sharing some information. They're sharing some information that there's vaccines that people take. And and, uh, and they're being mean about it. They weren't hooked into 5G and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing, right? So saying don't be a goddamn drama queen. To me, this is a part of the anger of the people who are deaf to the larger story. Explain that one. The, the In three of these memes, they're all aggressive. Right. They're aggressive. They're condescending, belittling. Who are... Um, What's the joke somebody said? You know, calling people um, vaccine hesitant is like going on a date with a girl and calling her sexual hesitant. 
versus like she said no. Oh, I see. So people are not hesitant. There's enough information about this story. You can look into the story and say, I, this see here, there's corruption in the trials. There's changing, which we'll get to in a minute, the actual definition of the word vaccine to retroactively fit something that is not a vaccine. Right. Because it was supposed to be a vaccine, but it's not. Don't you know science changes, Dark? The definition of, sci- of science shouldn't change to fit <laughs> a product. Um, but so, so that's mean. Yes. Don't be a goddamn drama queen. And I, th- I think it's part of that cultural deafness where they, they sense that there's a resistance that's not going away. Yeah. We're not all going to get vaccinated. We're not all going to join the Democratic Party. And because this person and the people that share condescending and belittling memes like this believe in the story that mm. the only way... Well, they believe in the story that there is a massively deadly thing going on. And mm. they believe in the story that the only way it's going to go away is if everyone and their dog and the animals in the Smithsonian Zoo get vaccinated against it Oy. regularly. Then they're looking around them and much, and then they f- do feel that people who are vaccine hesitant are the enemy and are dangerous. Yes, it's obvious. And they're angry yeah. about it. And so you need to fight them, and you are justified in fighting them because they are dangerous and selfish, and they're denying science. So, a reminder to all the vaccination of all the vaccinations and many boosters you took without being a goddamn drama queen. Let's look at this. Should I? Can you post a link to the article? There's an article about maybe I have. It's okay. I'll take care of it. It's a link to the article about. The internal CDC emails where they talked about uh, changing the definition of the word vaccine. Is that in this article? Is it in our show notes for today? I don't know if it is. Okay. It, if you say, if you if you Google... Um, Did you post it on post-orthodoxy? Yeah, but way back when. Mm. Um, if you Google CDC internal emails changing the, uh, because the name... The word vaccination was problematic because it's not doing what it was supposed to do. So they said, you know what? People are arguing against us because they're saying it's not a vaccine because it doesn't do what a vaccine does. And our definition also corroborates that story. So we need to change the definition of the word vaccine. It's obscene. This is a real thing. It happened in September. Well, somebody made a really good point. Um, and I don't remember where we found this, but they're like, look, if if we told people, hey, there's a deadly global pandemic um, and this experimental mRNA treatment may help you have a less severe case if you were to get sick. Uh-huh. Well, not very many people would go for it. But if they can attach the word vaccine to it, then it comes with... Um, deep social senses of trust in the institutions. Well, it's problematic because they said in March, if you get the vaccine, you will not get sick and you will not spread it. They and, said that. Yeah. So and yet now, we and that's know why that's they, not the case. That's why they called it a vaccine. Is because they said the CDC yeah. said it, our data shows you will not get sick and you will not spread this virus. So then the data showed that that wasn't true. Okay, fine. Some science went awry. 
Yeah. But rather than say that, they change the definition of vaccine so they can keep calling this failed experiment a vaccine when it does not meet the dictionary definition. And it's been changed in the dictionary as well. I would like people to have medical choice over their bodies. I would like people to have medical choice over their bodies. You should be allowed to take an experimental mRNA treatment to try to lessen the effects of a dangerous and scary illness on your body. You should be allowed to do that. And you should know what you're doing when you take it. Yeah. Newly released emails reveal the Center for Disease Control and Prevention altered the definition of vaccine because of concern that its definition did not apply to the COVID-19 vaccines. The definition change was made quietly on September 1st. I hate it when news articles quietly. put the word quietly in there. They like, didn't have a parade when Just because you it? didn't hear yeah. about it doesn't yeah. mean it was insidious. We can't make assumptions like that because it smears all investigative journalism everywhere. What, what outlet is that? This is from MetroVoiceNews.com. There Kansas be, City Metro. Okay, there should be some tweet. Somebody tweeted when you go there, links Let's to an see. article, which is a Substack article. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, wait, I have it right here. The definition was, the emails were obtained by the lawyer, Travis Miller, through a Freedom of Information Act request. The CDC did not dispute their authenticity. Right. Um, so. So I just posted in the comments of the Facebook feed, the, the Substack article where they have images of the emails alicia downs listed on linkedin as the lead health communication specialist for the cdc messaged a colleague on august 19th saying that she needed to update the definition of vaccine and others like it since quote these definitions are outdated and being used by some to say that covid19 vaccines are not vaccines per the cdc's own definition she didn't receive a response so she messaged again the following week writing quote the definition of vaccine we have posted on the cdc website is problematic and people are using it to claim that the covid19 vaccine is not a vaccine so this seems like a really (laughs) well-meaning chica who just she's like guys there's a hole in the ship yeah we it's it's weird it's like people can go to our website for the cdc and see like the medical definition of vaccine and it it might make them think that this isn't a vaccine since the definition says that this is not a vaccine yeah <laughs> we should change, change the, the definition. definition i just i just imagine like a really well-meaning <laughs> sweet press person feeling like she's doing the cdc oh, a solid this fix in this. the midst of a global crisis look Look, let's just... Which resulted in uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary changing the definition as well. Oh, my God. Uh, have we... Do we have an image of what the, of what the changes are? That, that one card, it should be in the, the file of the three definitions of vaccine mm, mm-hmm. and how they've changed and when they changed. Yes, yes. Let's go to that. Um, Thank you to the six people that are tuned in this afternoon. We appreciate you guys. If you have a moment, invite three of your friends to like our page or follow us on YouTube or find us on Twitch or Twitter. Every little bit helps. If you think that these conversations are valuable, you can help us reach more people that are in the exhausted majority that are kind of wondering what the heck is going on but feel like there's not really any way of knowing because everybody's lying. We're trying to find verifiable data that are not lies and have a good time while we do it. And um, I appreciate you connecting us to people uh put some reactions on the facebook video too yeah i'm that's just always... doing angry faces all the time i do like <gasps> faces first like you've got to get angry <laughs> so pre-2015 
the def and you can verify this. Oh, you, you got can, that? Yeah, you, you can go into the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine is an excellent tool that I use for post orthodoxy all the time, where you can go to a website on the internet and then plug it into the Wayback Machine and find out what that website said ten years ago. Right. So there was like a childhood uh, advocacy group that was saying how masks on children is terrible until they started mandating masks. Then they just removed it from the site. Hmm. This nope. long study about how it, 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 it impacts childhood development. Yeah. And then extremely psychologically so you damaging. Have, you can go into the Wayback Machine and see where they said what we're doing right now is dangerous to children. But they just decided to erase it. You can go see that. You can go see them saying that. That record. Yeah. It's not not there anymore. Um, so vaccination pre-2015, injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. So vaccination. This goes back to the very beginning of our conversation about the coronavirus with post-orthodoxy, where we spent a lot of time reminding our gentle audience that there's a difference between the actual pathogen and the disease that may or may not be caused by the pathogen difference you can have all kinds of pathogens floating in and out of you and do all the time ever wonder why you go and hang out at a friend's house and they get sick and you don't it doesn't always make sense but it does actually make sense if you understand how our immune systems work it helps make more sense yeah it does so um you can have a virus sars-cov-2 and have that virus float through your system and never come down with the disease or illness and possibly even get antibodies in the process without even knowing it well that's how that's how immune that's how our immune systems work yeah well uh, it used to until the cdc changed it the definition of immunity yes <laughs> yeah they changed that too it used yeah anyway so sticking with this current um, reality science changes man yeah uh so uh, in 2015 i'm so curious to go back and look at the world events that were happening at that time and see why they changed this definition but in 2015 they changed the definition to the uh, vaccination the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease so this is more vague and open to interpretation they're introducing a vaccine they're no longer introducing an actually weakened version of the illness this could be a vaccine a synthetic thing it could be anything. It could be anything that medical professional, a vaccine now right. could be vaccination now doesn't mean you're getting a tiny bit of chicken pox in you it's so a, that your body learns how to fight off chicken pox. It could mean we're giving you something that's sort of like chicken pox so that your body will sort of learn how to fight off chicken pox, but they're still claiming it will give you immunity to that disease. So what they did with that definition is they said uh, introducing a vaccine. So that could be anything. It doesn't have to be a live virus. It could be in my, in RNA. It could be that and still be a, a a vaccine according to the 2015 mm -hmm. definition. However, that vaccine, what they did in that switch is rather than being the live virus that keeps you from getting the virus. Yeah. What they're saying is this is a drug. This is a therapeutic or a drug that we're going to call a vaccine that will then give you immunity. That was that definition yes. shift. Yes, something... That we're going to introduce into you. A drug. That, yeah. And they're, they're still sort of saying prevent the disease, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying produce immunity. Yeah. So this is, this is immune, still... Immune, not partial immunity. No. Immunity. Yes. Yeah. If I take the smallpox vaccine, I will not get smallpox. You will have immunity. If I take the tuberculosis vaccine, I will have immunity to tuberculosis. 
That's the idea. If I take, what of are a, some of the other ones? Of a in, vaccine. In this? What if I take like smallpox, uh, let's polio, see, hepatitis, diphtheria, hepatitis, rotavirus, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, HIV, PCV, IPV, MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella. Yeah. I will not get those things. So that's this little chart of previous vaccines. Great. Yes. They were defined differently. Under that definition. They were defined as something that keeps you from getting sick. Yes. Or spreading the sick. Yes. That's what they were defining. Those things were defined under. So um, that well-meaning lady at the CDC who helped facilitate the, the, <laughs> the change of Guys. the word. <laughs> yeah, I can just see Alexis from Shit's Creek. Yeah. Um. So I was just reviewing our PR materials on the website, and I realized that um, people might read that and think... I know that sounds crazy, but they might think that what we're giving them right now is not a vaccine because of what it says on the website. And so I just thought that we should change what it says on the website so that people will think that what we're giving them is a vaccine. Perfect. Thank you. My voice isn't as highly pitched as hers. No. Now let's go to what the new definition that resulted from that is. As of a month ago. September, end of September. The act vaccination, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. That's different than immunity. Yeah. Seems like that would be noteworthy. And then I guess Miriam Webster just went along with it and said, yeah, let's, let's see what, let's see what vaccination says. On, on, I would, I would, I would guess the definition of vaccine itself has probably also changed. Oh, it has. Yeah. Um, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. If this is actually what vaccination is, then I would like to know that. And I would like our news media to tell people that that's what that means. And I would like our politicians to tell people that that's what that means. And I would like people in school to learn that that's what vaccination means. The introduction Uh, of something into the body to produce some protection from a specific disease. People should know that. And they should have the choice to do that to their bodies if they want to. So let's look at uh, vaccination. Um, the dictionary definition. Okay. How do I make it go there? Um, it just says, right, the first thing that comes up, and this is the Oxford uh, diction, definitions in Oxford languages, treatment with a vaccine to okay. produce immunity okay. against a disease. Okay. Inoculation. Vaccination against yellow fever is essential. So according to Oxford, the CDC is lying to you. By using the word vaccination for something that it doesn't... I thought you said the Oxford Dictionary changed. I heard Miriam Wester did. I have to look it up. Oh, I see. I see. I see. We got to fact check ourselves, folks. We don't want to be sharing bullshit. Like, dictionary definitions changing when they're not. Okay. Let's see what... Oh, that's that's vaccine. I, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. Definition of vaccination by Miriam Webster. Um, hmm. What does Merriam-Webster say? The act of vaccinating. <laughs> okay. Or the scar left by vaccinating. Can you click to the act of vaccinating? <laughs> Noun. Vaccination. Okay. Noun. Um, I thought vaccination was... Yeah, I guess it is a noun. It, holy cow. What? It's just... That's all they have. Do, you, do, you can't click through to the act of vaccinating? S- let's see more and see what happens. Hmm. Uh, examples of vaccination in a sentence. They've... 
totally truncated the definition. Okay. This let me look up vaccinating. I am going I found I pulled up this Substack article to administer a vaccine usually by injection or to perform or practice vaccination. They're just going around in circles. <laughs> They're not telling you what it is. God damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> What the okay. hell? All right, all right, all right, all right. This, Language is the prior apart. CDC, the longstanding, at least since 2015, yeah. definitions of vaccine and vaccination. Vaccine prior to uh, September 1st, 2021. A vaccine, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. Immunity. Protecting the person from that disease. Mm. Vaccines are usually administered through needle injections, but can also be administered by mouth or sprayed into the nose. And then in September, on September 1st, the CDC, at the prompting of this sweet PR lady, (laughs) changed their definition so as not to make the public think that what they're getting is not a vaccine. Was Was she an actual PR person? Yeah. That's so funny. This is what a vaccine is now. A preparation... That's a word. <laughs> a pre- a pre- <laughs> oh, Magical. This, is, this is where I like jump to chemtrails and try not to talk about it. A, a, okay. a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against disease. They completely left out the part where it's supposed to produce immunity yeah, and protect you. So they it re- just stimulates your immune. Bitch, the actual virus can do that for me. What they are saying is our failed experiment has caused us to have to alter reality in order for it to be correct. This is not stuff we're making up. They're, no, this is CD. This is the CDC yeah, email. The, M, the mRNA treatments now mRNA technology has been being researched for a long time. The the treatments that people are taking. Um, that fit the new brand spanking new definition of vaccine, the treatments, the preparations that people are taking may help some people, but we don't know that. You can't prove that you would have had a less version of COVID if you had not been vaccinated. No, it's there's like, no way to, that's not provable. It's like my 35 year old bodybuilding doctor who said that he got the vaccination and then got COVID. And it sounded just like my COVID of 50, two-year-old chain smoker of 30 years, his sounded about the same as mine. Yeah. And he attributed his to being good because he got the vaccine before. It must, I got the vaccine, therefore my version of COVID must have been less than it would have been. This is my doctor. <laughs> so, so guys, what I'm trying to tell you, we're not making this shit up. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we do sometimes make shit up and we tell you. We're like, yeah, we we're, you we're theorizing about this thing. This is not theorizing. No. The director of the CDC has openly stated these things that now fit these the definition. These preparations <laughs> will not prevent you from getting sick and they will not prevent you from carrying and spreading the virus. Vaccine passports are unethical. Completely unethical. Oh, she also said... And pointless. <laughs> those that got early vaccines, which I think are the same as the present vaccines, are susceptible to an increased risk of infection. Yes. She said that, not us. We did yeah, not say said, that. She said that in August. She said the data is showing, especially data from global partners who are doing a much better job of keeping track of illnesses like Israel. Israel. We all love Israel, right? So she said the data is showing that people who got these preparations, 
that now fit the brand spanking new definition of vaccine are susceptible to worse versions of the illness. Getting it worse. And I don't think they've made a new one since May. So a vaccine is now no longer a product that stimulates your immune system to produce immunity protecting you from a disease. It seems to be giving you temporary. It might. Um, what, what, what do they call it? Temporary stimulation? What is that? What temporary? It just, it's, it's not even saying, temp- it's making no promises. It's just a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's response. Oh, so it's supposed to give you an enhanced response. No, it doesn't even say enhanced. No, but that's what they're claiming it does. It's just stimulating when they say, the when body's they, immune response. When they said, okay, it's not a vaccine, they didn't say that. Yeah. When they said, this vaccine isn't going to do what we said it was going to do. She but, said that. But it's going to give you better odds, right? And also and, more likely to make you sick. <laughs> and apparently when it wears off, puts you in a worse position yeah. than when you got the vaccine. That seemed to be what she was saying. This is not the first time this has happened with Big Pharma. And that's what we're dealing with here is Big Pharma. We're dealing with Big Pharma. Yeah. We're not dealing with vitamin C no, and no. D and ginger. <laughs> They're dealing with us. Yeah. Big Pharma yeah. is dealing with us. We're not dealing... You know, we're not dealing with getting sleep, getting exercise, having a healthy mental health, healthy um, mental state, having a healthy community, um, vegetables. We're dealing with big pharma and big pharma is dealing with us. And this is not the first time that big pharma has offered people something to help them feel better that then makes them feel worse when they stop taking it. Mm. Anybody who's ever taken Adderall knows this. Anybody who's ever taken an antidepressant knows this. Oh, no. There's multi-billion dollar case, uh, lawsuit cases where they just... Whatever. ...shove stuff through and make money. And then the money that they pay out in the lawsuit is fine. Yeah. They, they made enough off of the criminal activity that the fine doesn't the, really The criminal activity of, of instead of allowing you to take treatments that would actually cure your depression, you're given something that suppresses your depression... Which then makes you suicidal when you stop taking it. Uh, do we want to go to the story about the whistleblower? Oof. Sure. COVID-19 researcher blows the whistle on data integrity issues in Pfizer's vaccine trial. This is a BMJ uh, article. Came out... This year came out, I don't know, November this month. So let's get into, I'm going to read a little, a little excerpt. What is the BMJ? It's like a medical information clearinghouse for like scientific papers. And you can look up BMJ. I'm going to look them up. I'm going to look them up on um, all sides. Did you pull up their page? So I'm going to read it. It says revelations of poor practices at a contract research company helping to carry out Pfizer's pivotal COVID-19 vaccine trial raises questions about data integrity and regulatory oversight. So let's see what happens. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Why should you care about questions raised? So it says researchers who were testing Pfizer's vaccine um, at several sites in Texas during that autumn, that's last year, Uh, speed may have come at the cost of data integrity and patient safety. A regional director who was employed at the research organization Ventavia Research Group has told the BMJ that the company falsified data, unblinded patients, employed inadequately trained vaccinators, 
and was slow to follow up on adverse events reported in Pfizer's pivotal Phase 3 trial. Staff, staff who conducted quality control checks were overwhelmed by the volume of problems they were finding. After repeatedly notifying Ventavia of these problems, the regional director, Brooke Jackson, emailed a complaint to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Ventavia fired her later that same day. Hmm. Jackson has provided the BMJ with dozens of internal copy uh, company documents, photos, and audio recordings and emails. We haven't seen those yet. But that came out this month where she was saying that this is they're doing dangerous stuff. They're rushing and it's going to be dangerous. Unblinding patience, man. You know, that's fuck. So, this is the safe and effective vaccine. Did I put in there the link to the uh the VAERS report? Mm. Oh yeah. It's got all those red blocks. This is the safe and effective vaccine. This is compiled from uh, the VAERS um, database, government database, where you report adverse uh, reactions to this particular I vaccine. I don't. Where people Doctors do. do. What? Yeah, yeah. doctors. I, can I make a report to VAERS? I think you can make a report, but it comes with a felony. It's a felony if you... Falsify. Falsifying information on that report. I feel as though... Let me just pull an analogy here. I feel as though... My generally blue friends yeah. have begun to feel about theirs the way that my generally red friends feel about voter fraud. Mm. Well, they felt differently when the Democrats were claiming it. Now they said it wasn't a real thing. Well, the red has the red team has always been worried in various ways about voter fraud. They've okay. always they've always been worried that undocumented migrants are going to come in and vote for the Wrong president. Blue people. And there yep. won't be any way of stopping them. Said times. So no immigration. Grr. That's a gross, um, reductionist, yeah. caricaturized. And probably true. Way of saying it. But I feel as though all my blue team friends have now been brainwashed to think of theirs mm. like date voter fraud. Yeah. Like... I, I can go with you on these 900,000 reports of vaccine injury are probably all fake. That's what they, yes. Well, because it goes against their narrative that this is a, is a, how many people pandemic worthy of destroying the economy and, and uh, an entire generation of children's lives for how many people too harsh, but died in the U S from COVID so far. Let's find out. They say in like 600,000, 700,000. Total death, 775,158. Yeah. Out of our 330 million people. That sucks. I I feel sad about people dying. Yeah, I don't want I don't think people should be dying. I think a lot of those people didn't have to die and we should be mad at that. our politicians and our media people for keeping us from knowledge of preventative treatments that may have kept people from dying. Uh, still doing it. Yeah, still, still doing actively, it. Still actively uh, downplaying we treatments can, that are not vaccines. We could just talk about vitamin C and vitamin D, like super normal stuff that's been around and known to be beneficial for a really long time. We know everyone's vitamin D deficient, especially in the wintertime. Health or we could go wacko. all the way and talk about ivermectin, which you're not supposed to talk about. No. Now, you may be one of those people that thinks that ivermectin is a veterinary medication. It's not. 
It can be used that way. It is a medication that is used in humans and in animals. Yeah. Nobel. But even if it were yeah. literal veterinary medication. They're still. If it was saving people's lives, wouldn't mammals. you want to know? Yeah. Mammals are pretty similar. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's yeah. the point. That's like the thing is like you, your friends and loved ones may have been brainwashed to belittle and condescend and beat up people verbally online over taking what they think is a veterinary medication. We shouldn't fucking care if we're in the middle of a global pandemic and someone wants to try taking a veterinary medication to save their goddamn lives. Fucking let them. Yeah. But it's not a veterinary medication. It's a human medication and a veterinary medication. It's been around for decades. It's been prescribed to billions of people. And there's documented evidence now of it preventing extreme versions of coronavirus uh, all knock, over the planet. Knocking it back down to a bad cold state. Yes. Five yeah. days. Bad yeah. cold. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, like, fuck. Anyway. <laughs> 775,000 U.S. citizens, by the current data and by the current definitions and metrics have died of complications from SARS-CoV-2. That sucks. Um, we have 856,000 reports of injuries from the vaccine mm. so far in the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. It's, and there is... About 20,000 deaths. I've heard it repeated by... Various sources that I trust, which I'm not going to name here because um, I, I can't pull them up suddenly, is that VAERS is uh, historically, traditionally an underreported yeah. site. That they make it onerous for medical practitioners to report these things. Um, and there are incentives to not report yeah. these adverse reactions. I would, I'm going to, I would like to reach out to some of my meta cause I, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of, um, hashtag hero to zeros. I know a lot of hero to zeros. I know a lot of healthcare professionals who have just realized that they have to be silent about what they think is actually going on with this treatment mm. and this illness and the things that are being done to people in hospitals. Otherwise they'll lose their job or they speak up and they lose their job. Right. Hashtag hero to zero. You could know about that. You could go to Twitter. You could, you know. don't have to have a Twitter account. Nope. You could just go to Twitter and put in hashtag hero to zero and read stories about people, oh. medical professionals, scientific and healthcare workers who are not saying the same things who aren't saying the things they're supposed to say. Can we go to another uh, mean meme? Yeah. Let's go to the one, the Jeff Tillich one. I, I don't know who this guy is, but I don't. Here's a meme. I don't like him. I don't like him. Um, holy fucking shit. Vaccine mandates are causing teachers who don't believe in science to quit. Nurses who don't believe in medicine to quit. And cops who don't believe in public safety to quit. I'm failing to see the downside to this. Do you want to? Educate Mr. Like Tillich. Already Tiedrich. Do you like, want to educate him on why he is? A, why are we doing this? <laughs> a mean, dangerous person. This is exhausting, and it makes people not want to talk to us. Yeah, I know. But there's a lot of lurkers that are. Are this is the whole thing? It's always about <sighs> planting. It's about planting seeds. This is dangerous misinformation that's being passed around in my in my Facebook feed. It confirms people's biases that people who are not getting the vaccine are Stupid. causing everybody to have a bad time. 
that's the perception, and he serves that perception. And I, this guy is like, is has a huge following of of blue dog Democrat type folks. Um, okay, so let's start with vas- vaccine. So mandates. I grew up in a cult. Yes, I grew up in a cult. Yes, so I grew up in I grew up super Christian, um, in the kind of Christianity where only not only were all other religions false and idol- idolatrous, yeah, but most other versions of Christ versions, <laughs> most other versions of Christianity were false. Right, lukewarm. Obviously, not the right. Not not the right guys. No, no. Like we talked about this all the time. Only special people get in. I'm special because I got the right story. Yeah, and which so makes me special. We would use the Bible to prove the Bible. And I'm so grateful that my mom also gave me courses in logic and critical thinking because it served me really well when I couldn't, I finally realized I couldn't bash my head up against the circular reasoning of Christianity any longer. Like this is the one true religion because our book says it is the one true religion. It See, took it me like right there. It took me like 25 <laughs> years to realize that that was a problem. <laughs> also, I was a child, and yeah. the, <laughs> so be, go easy on me. Yeah, um, I was a child, and everyone that I knew and loved, and all of my authority figures, and my entire social circle, my entire social circle believed these things. Um, and anytime someone would doubt Christianity. It was very easy to explain why they were doubting. They were doubting because they were sinful. Maybe they were a person who was cheating on their spouse and their sin was making them doubt. Or they're just bad people. Maybe they were a person who was, quote unquote, struggling with homosexuality and that sin was making them doubt. It wasn't that the Bible was doubtable. It wasn't that the story was doubtable. It was that there was something wrong inside of these people that made them doubt the story. And that's what I see in this quote. This is what I see in this quote by Jeff Tiedrich. Yeah. What he's saying is the story is true. And anybody that begins to wonder if the story is not true, it's not because there's anything wrong with the story. It's because there's something wrong with those people. Right. That's, that's what I'm seeing. Exactly. So he, and he uses that thing that, I see so many people on the left using um, being an asshole teachers who don't believe in science. Science is not to be believed. Please stop believing in science. Uh, that's the whole point of science is it, to if you're believing in it, it's not belief. science. It's <laughs> a challenge belief. If you're believing in something, what you it's not science. It's, be, it's a religion. You can trust point. an authority figure. You can trust someone. You could choose because you, you, I do not know the, se- the gene sequence of SARS-CoV-2, but I can go online and I can look at a picture of the gene sequence of SARS-CoV-2 and I compare, can compare it to other SARS viruses yeah. visually with my eyeballs oh. and I can read articles, medical articles that explain what each of those tickers mean and right. show how this virus looks like a genetically modified virus, not like a naturally occurring virus. Yes, so that's me trusting that doctors and scientists who understand virology are explaining the pieces of this virus on my screen correctly. Yeah. That's trust. Yeah. And you are doing that all the time too. But you should not be believing 
in science. No. It's not a unicorn. It's a problem. It's a problem. Even other virologists and scientists have to trust people. So that meme is mean. It's another mean meme. And my thoughts are, let's see here, the hero to zero. That's he's doing the hero. This is a part of the hero to zero. Remember all those uh, healthcare battle. heroes and the super they like had like the Superman capes on them on billboards and shit. Yeah, this is being shared. That meme of that Jeff Tidrich or whatever his name is. That meme is being shared around by the pajama class, by the people who could afford to stay home and stay safe while the heroes and the frontline workers were out there saving the world from COVID. Mm. And now they're turning on those people and saying they don't want to comply with the thing that I complied to. I can't be wrong because mm. I'm Jeff Tidlich. They're wrong because that goes in the face of my narrative. So they went from hero to zero because they don't want to do what I think is the only thing to do. Yeah. because it's very fundamentalist. Because he believes in the story. He believes in the story. And so I recognize that. Mean. He's I rec- being yeah, mean. I recognize that as someone who used to believe in a story also. So this guy is being shared by nice White women in the suburbs. Who think that people who don't want to get this preparation slash vaccine treatment. Must be a Republican. Are people who hate people. Yes. So it's okay for me to be a bitch to them. Yeah, it's totally fine. Because that would be the only reason that all of these doctors and nurses and teachers and pol- policemen and and politicians and scientists are stepping away from the mainstream story and speaking out against it. The only reason they're doing that is because we have suddenly like this, this rash of assholery on this country. That's right. I mean the planet, the entire planet. I really can't wait to share um, that piece we found this week uh, about the MEPs in Europe, the European union MEPs that got together and we're like, this is shit. We requested, we requested the data about Pfizer's vaccine and they sent it to us and the entire thing is redacted. Yeah. We're being told to push this treatment to our citizens in our countries. Yeah. Trust it. And we are not even allowed to see what is in this treatment or what this treatment is about or what agreements our governments made with the people that are producing this treatment for profit. This, what do they call that? Preparation. This preparation. Yeah. No, it's a vaccine now. It's preparation. (sighs) Anyway, those guys are great. So is really so He's really so. It was like this, Ukra- I don't yes. know, Ukrainian or something. I don't remember. But I he- think he was from Italy. I don't think so. Or Spain. Anyway, it was it was Eastern Eastern Bloc something something. Yeah, yeah. But he he's he's like <laughs> he was so salty, man. These are these are the political leaders of the European Union being like, this is bullshit. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're not doing this compliance to the the green card. It's it's we want people yeah. to get their fines back who have been fined for complying with this mm-hmm. stupid unethical, dangerous, it's classist. Yeah. Everything that uh, it's not supposed to be. You may not know about those kinds of nations. See, when I get all head up, I feel like I'm speaking to the people that I feel are oppressing. I feel like I'm trying to speak to the folks who are adamantly clinging to this belief system that vaccine passports are meaningful and ethical. Their pathway out of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but none of those people are watching our show. So who am I actually speaking to? I'm I'm speaking to like 
people who are smart and intelligent. Who's watching right now? You, you're someone that's curious and smart and intelligent, and you think for yourself, and you want to know what the fuck is going on. And, and you, could, you could know. And you, you like going and finding information and educating yourself about what's going on instead of just letting other people tell you. Um, so how do we, how do we empower our audience? We don't have a very interactive audience today, but that's okay. I'm really grateful for everybody that is here. Um, but how do we empower our audience? What's something people could do? I kind of had the idea in my head that we all just need to speak up and show each other that there are more of us that are questioning the narrative than we think. There's a lot of lurkers and that's who I like to think I'm speaking to are the lurkers, people who are on the fence and it seems because of availability bias, because the bullhorn is run by the big money that creates a narrative. Yeah. That's really seductive because that is acceptance. If you accept that narrative, you're going to have less friction between your workmates, your schoolmates, your family members, your church. You're going to have less friction as long as you're in one of those things. So when you start having cognitive dissonance, when you're like, why do I keep hearing about kids having heart attacks on the football field? Why, yeah. why is there this rash of teenagers dying from cardiovascular issues? Why I is, feel like it wasn't like that. Yeah, I don't remember before. kids dying from heart attacks before, right? And so there's that thing where then maybe the conscience starts to come in and go like, there might be something wrong. There might be something <laughs> wrong about that. Or somebody's like, yeah, it seems fine. Then they find out they're pregnant. And then they have to make a choice of whether or not they're going to get the vaccine. And they've heard some things. But those things are small compared to what everybody else is telling it's you to safe do. safe and fine. Safe and effective. <laughs> and, and yet then you have some biological part of yourself that goes, I'm bringing a kid into this world. I want to be bringing a kid into this I world. And I should maybe look deeper into this issue before I make a choice. Those are the people that I'm talking to. People who are on the fence, I, I like to think. And people... Who see through the bullshit, but can't always articulate what they're seeing. So this is just our trip. This is us going through and saying, hey, that's dangerous bullshit. Um, and then showing it. So maybe just the act of how we do our research, the things we find, and the way we try to qualify our statements and back up our statements with sources is a useful example. I think I would like to be that example. Um also willing to be called out, called out on my bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always a little. Uh, it's embarrassing when somebody says, "Hey, you did something wrong, verifiably wrong." It's kind of embarrassing. Oh yeah, and it, it dings the ego. Yeah, but I'm always grateful when I realize, oh, I can refine yes. my story because so much of what we do is based is not attacked because it's not attackable. Mm-hmm. So when people find the one thing to try to tear you down, I feel like it just helps me find the weakness in the foundation of the work that we're doing. Yeah, 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 for sure. So was there another meme? Let's see. I think there was one more mean meme. So a mean meme. We uh, did the the changing definitions of vaccine and vaccination. (laughs) There's the four unvaccinated people lost their lives. Oh, yeah, show, show that. Let's just go there. This, this is like if, I am not laughing about people dying. No, if you are watching the news or reading the newspaper or scrolling on Facebook and you see all these four more people die of COVID. For one thing, four more people died from COVID. All right, that's so the headline, right? This headline. So let's, let's 
Ainsley, why don't you just break down this story? Let's just go by bit by bit. So I'm scrolling on my phone, right? Whatever. I'm scroll, scroll, scroll. And I say, oh, Paris Hilton. No, Angelina Jolie loaned her daughter her Oscar dress from eight years ago. Oh. And I'm like, whatever. (laughs) You know, I'm like, "Uh, is is Prince William's wife a robot? Uh. New pictures. Question. And then I was like, oh, Corona death. Four unvaccinated people lost their lives in lower Austria. That sucks. That's sad. I, I don't. I don't really know why we're talking about four people in Austria dying in and not ever anymore talking about mental health, suicides, drug overdoses, car accidents, cancer screenings, diabetes. Like, like that's, we that's only news, ever <laughs> we only ever hear about coronavirus deaths now. They're the most important deaths. Murders, police yeah. murders. Like, yeah. No, none of that. Okay, so it's like okay, that's sad. All right, and then there's a second subtitle. Giant subti- giant second subtitle, right? So there's the, <laughs> the headline, Corona death. Four unvaccinated people lost their lives in lower Austria. Okay, okay, I get it. That happens sometimes. In my mind, based on what I know scientifically, probably um, over 50, obese, sedentary. Safe bets. Probably. Those, yeah. This is what we know. This yeah. is what we know about who this virus kills, all right? right? Four were not vaccinated. That's the second headline. Just in case you didn't catch it from the first headline, four unvaccinated people died. Now we have four... We're not vaccinated. Double, triple check. Just so you are clear. Unvaccinated people are dying. Okay. And then we read the full subtitle read in smaller the print. full subtitle. Lower Austria also had the most corona deaths. Nine people died of the virus. Three of them women and six men. Four people were not vaccinated. Five patients were fully immunized. I guess not. Well, they were by the new <laughs> definition of immunized. <laughs> Which does not promise shit. They're calling immunized people corona deaths. That's not immunized. Well, it is by the new definition of vaccination. No. Yeah, the new definition no. of vaccination does not promise to protect you from the disease. Anyway, Let's four get- died. Four died, not vaccinated. Five died who were fully vaccinated. So out of nine people who died, more of them were vaccinated. Now, so they and should then, say fully vaccinated, not fully immunized, because this vaccine does not immunize you. That's the point that I'm saying. Mm, I the see. new definition is, yeah, you can call them fully vaccinated, but, but it they're doesn't not mean immunized. they're immunized. They haven't changed the definition of immunized yet. If you're immunized, you if someone says you'll be immunized, you ought to at least still be able to assume that that means you won't get sick. Yeah. Well, that's what it's supposed to mean. So that is hysterical to me. And sad. And this is why you don't, like, people are like, where's your degree? I'm like, just look at this. Yeah. You don't have to have a degree to see blatant propaganda and fear tactics aimed at a class of people who are not complying with the shitty narrative. You don't have to be a genius to figure that Mm -hmm. out right there. Right there. That's just emblematic. That's just one that is just so bad, but it's indicative of the entire fucking narrative. I can't believe this made it out of somebody's office. Just keep saying I'm vaccinated. Say it well, more. It's because the fuckers know that you don't actually read articles. You just read headlines. I didn't read the article. I didn't need to after the headline. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us three headlines. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and when I see this and I see this is manipulative. So manipulative. This is manipulative. As soon as I see that, I am immediately suspicious of the four unvaccinated deaths. You want to know why? Because the definition of fully vaccinated has been changed to mean you had your final shot at least two weeks ago. I think that's actually, I looked into that. And I think it's actually not uncommon okay. to have a two-week period after 
your full vaccination before you're considered fully vaccinated. It's not, it wasn't just in this vaccine. Okay. However, however, people are having adverse reactions, dying, calling it COVID deaths and calling them unvaccinated COVID mm. deaths. Whereas like if we were getting our polio booster and you got sick after your polio booster, we wouldn't say you got sick with polio. We would say you got sick from the polio booster. Yeah. Which happens to kids all the time. Vaccine, what do they call that? Vaccine injury. Yeah, vaccine injury. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, I did find that out, and I just wanted to be clear about that. Because you. that's a standard vaccination thing. I don't want to spread that around. Yeah. I don't want to spread around misinformation. Right. So um, in, in any case, I am immediately sus of these four unvaccinated deaths. And I'm wondering if all four of them were people who had not been given any SARS-CoV-2 vaccine at all. Or if they had been given some SARS-CoV-2 vaccine and had an adverse reaction too soon to be considered a fully vaccinated death. Yeah, I, I was reading. I wish I pulled that, that meme up. It was from UK right now. 85% of COVID deaths are, were fully vaccinated last week. Really? 85% of the COVID deaths. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. So when we showed the VAERS uh, adverse events report, and I see the 27,277 uh permanently disabled. If you go to that story, I, I pulled that story out before. It's a 60-minute story. Swine flu. Okay. I almost want to just watch this whole goddamn thing. It's so good. Here, I'm going to I'm going to share the link. Yeah, share the link and 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 I'll tell you about this piece cuz it's it's pretty I think it's pretty fucked up. So, this is 60 minutes being uh journalism. 1976 swine flu. There was this massive rush to vaccinate everybody, even though I think there were only like four cases. I think they had four cases. They were all isolated to one army base, and one yeah. guy died because he had the flu and was marching around with a 60-pound pack and died. Yeah. Um, so there's this massive push to get everybody vaccinated to stop the swine flu. And then a lot of the problems that we're seeing from this vaccine, we were seeing from those vaccines. People were losing their ability to walk and having neurological disorders and all these problems started coming out. And then there was a big lawsuit. They were taking celebrities and having celebrities endorse this that the celebrities didn't know their name was being used in the endorsement you of do getting that a goddamn then. vaccine. You could do that back then. You can't do that now. <laughs> so then there's this massive lawsuit. And, geez, there was a revolving door between the CDC, the FDA, and the pharmaceutical companies. Hmm. Huh, a guy who used to work here is now here and this guy's over here so it's it's it was what is happening now happened before except 60 minutes said look at this bullshit yeah and they're not saying that this time there's no 60 minutes to do that now oh really well there's 60 minutes but they're not gonna all right they're not gonna shit on their advertisers yeah let's just watch that and we can stop it and comment about it and draw some parallels i think this is huge we're gonna see if it works yeah let's see if it works okay Right, so. See if we can get audio. Click. The oh, flu yeah. season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? <laughs> that was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot He's not to it. prevent a nationwide outbreak, a no. pandemic. A pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion Pause because that. of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them. Are oh, no. 4,000. Only 4,000 people. 
That was 4,000 people. Um, Out of 40 million. Let's see here. Uh, in the current VAERS vaccine event, uh, adverse event reports, 18,000 deaths. No, 21,000 if you include all the miscarriages. Right. Uh, 27,000 permanently disabled. How many heart attacks? Oh, heart attacks? Uh, 8,000 reported. These are all just the reports. Uh, 95,000 urgent care, uh, 133,000, um, doctor office visits because people were having a hard time, Mm -hmm. but yeah, 18,000 dead. And this is 4,000 people had serious neurological issues. Now you're, if you're not one of the people that has just decided VAERS is fake, then that's very concerning. It has been long suspected that like any reporting agency Mm. such as childhood abuse or drug overdose there are far more cases of child abuse than we know about and likewise there are far more cases of vaccine injury than the ones that we know about but far more but even if this is like super understated twenty-one thousand people shut up so let's go back and see what happened to these guys Okay. Let's find out how they got duped and then what because happened. Of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the... I definitely have my videos off a little bit, but yeah. yeah. So swine flu threat, how are you feeling about that? So it's worth watching the rest of that video. I put a link to it in the comments on the Facebook thing. Um, they talk about a lady who was paralyzed for a while. What happened? To, what happened to still not paralyzed. even one? What happened to not even one death? What happened to? So every time we get a conversation down to the point where we're talking about the extreme unlikelihood of dying from SARS-CoV-2, we're talking less than one percent of the global population. Less than one percent of the global population has died, right, from this virus. And it's terrible. And it's terrible. And so is all the other kinds of deaths. What What happened to less than one percent of deaths? Like what happened to like, we want, we want zero death. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go look that up right now. I'm going to take our VAERS numbers and I'm going to go to my percentage calculator. Mm. Nobody's going to like this. So and because I grew up Republican, I'm going to include the miscarriages as deaths. <laughs> that's because people, when someone reports a miscarriage, it's because they wanted that baby. I'm laughing because it's sad. Um, it's fairly tr- it's this is another article that I wanted to talk about on the show which is an incredibly difficult article to look at. Uh this is from a news organization called the Exposé. They're a non-corporately funded British, right? They're yeah, from Britain. They're out of Britain. Mm-hmm. It's a non-corporately funded uh rag uh outlet, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to read a couple of things from the article. Uh, Here's the headline. CDC scientists admit they did manipulate study data to show the COVID-19 vaccines are safe for pregnant women, 
as researchers discover 91% of pregnancies resulted in miscarriages following COVID-19 vaccination. Now, that's kind of like, whoa, what the hell are you talking about? You would think we would know that, right? Yeah, that's horrible. So let's read, let's go into this. Uh, In July this year, 2021, the expose exclusively revealed how data had been manipulated by scientists carrying out a real-world study for the CDC because they had recently said totally safe for ladies to go get the shot who are pregnant, right? To show that COVID-19 vaccines were safe for use during pregnancy. The authors claimed that the number of people to suffer spontaneous abortion or miscarriage during the study was 104 out of 827 uh, completed pregnancies, equating the risk of miscarriage at 12.6%. or seven to twelve percent, seven to twelve percent lower than the risk of miscarriage in general population. Yeah, you can find that on the CDC website. However, our now analysis proved that these numbers were extremely misleading, due to the fact that of the eight hundred and twenty-seven completed pregnancies, seven hundred eighty-six percent of them, of the women had received a dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna COVID-19 vaccine during the third trimester of pregnancy, meaning it was impossible for them to suffer a miscarriage due to the fact that they can only occur prior to week 20 of a pregnancy. The really morbid side of this, as a person that used to be heavily involved in labor and delivery growing up in a church full of enormous families and home births, what they're saying is the baby can still die. It's just not considered a miscarriage anymore. It's considered a stillborn baby mm-hmm. after that point because you're considered viable for viable and eligible for hospital and taxpayer resources to be used to save your life if you've been in utero for 20 weeks. At that point, they say, we can probably save your life if you're born sometime after 20 weeks. But what this study is saying is that it's only counted as a miscarriage medically and scientifically before 20 weeks. After 20 weeks, it would be considered a stillborn. So this meant that just 127 women received either the Pfizer or Moderna COVID-19 vaccine during the first or second trimester, with 104 of the women sadly losing their baby. God. Therefore, the rate of incidence of miscarriage was 82%, not 12.6%, as presented in its findings of the study. And the authors of the study have since admitted that they made a mistake issuing a correction six months too late because the study has been used to justify COVID-19 vaccination of pregnant women and new mothers around the world. And then he has the notes from the CDC saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 20 Oh, geez. We have no idea how this is going to affect um, male fertility. No. And we're probably not really ever going to know because guys, most of the time, don't go get their fertility levels checked. No. Um, well, I'm not like super stoked on billions of people having more billions of people. However, I don't know if this is the right yeah. way to go about curbing yeah. population. I also don't think that you should have that choice taken away from you. Exactly. I'm not, at the, I'm not like you. that point yet. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think there are some cynical people that would feel like, you know, in a management, managerial sense, geez, too many people. Maybe you should. So, yeah, I mean, if you zoom out and you get super hyper philosophical and you look at the planet from like a super hyper philosophical, philosophical big picture, yes, fewer births would be a good idea for all of us. Yeah. But so, it still shouldn't be something that you take away from people. We should be educating the youth 
about what it takes to raise a child and providing them with access to safe and accurate birth control. <laughs> and then, <laughs> fuck. So anyway, there's that story. That seems like that would be on the news. Right. But it's not on commercial news. It's on some internet newspaper that is funded by the folks, apparently. That's what they say. <sighs> so what did you find out? I'm just digging through some studies on the CDC. The CDC website, um, of course, claims that it's safe for pregnant women. And then right underneath they say, what we really mean is it hasn't been proven to be dangerous for pregnant women. And it's like, that's not the same thing as knowing that it's safe. Yeah, they keep but calling But people it- are going to see that headline and assume that that means that, that, that it's safe, that we know that it's safe. So there's a pivot. Like Pfizer has two pills that's supposed to cure COVID now, right? So they're like, see, it's safe. And we're going to like, wait a minute. Where did this come from? Like, where were the trials on this? Pfizer has a new medication. Yeah, they, oh, my God. Two pills, two different pills that are supposed to like knock it out, take care of it, right? Or you could take some fucking vitamins. You could, well, <laughs> preventative is good. No, I mean when you're sick. Yeah, so takes, they're saying take some, this Pfizer thing when you get it. And they're going to charge, like, I think the first pill they came out with was like 700 bucks a pill or something. Oh, my God. Um, How? And I think this one is equally priced. Follow but, yeah, the they found it. And now, okay, you don't like the vaccine? Here, take this pill. It's safe. They said that with the vaccine. God. And people are like, oh, but now this pill is here. And, and they said it's safe. The vaccine didn't work. And I'm but sick. I'm sure this pill will because they said so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy times. Total okay. crazy times. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned all of the teenagers and athletes dying of heart attacks. Yes, heart attacks everywhere. About that. Yeah, that's a horrible video to watch. Just uh, all these people. Yeah. Not just high school kids, but uh, young people, 40, 30, 20. Bodybuilders. Having heart attacks. Football, suddenly. football players. Fully vaccinated people having heart attacks. Yeah. Peaceful myocarditis. You can Peaceful. follow that hashtag on Twitter also. Yeah, Why are we talking yeah. about this? We, we're not like sitting around getting off on spreading conspiracy theories. We're trying to find the truth. And we're doing that because something smells fishy. Mm. There was one more meme. George Washington mandated inoculation against smallpox. The Supreme Court has ruled state vaccine mandates to be constitutional for more than a century. We've had vaccine mandates, including for things like attending public schools for generations. Grow the hell up. This is okay. another mean this, this is another like mean thing. Spanking this like the spanking. They're spanking you. It's a bad dad spanking you. Bad dad spanking. So yeah, um smallpox is not zoonotic. That means it did not start in animals or go to animals. So you can manage it in a human population. Yeah. We can actually be done with that part. It won't necessarily go endemic the way that a coronavirus can. And is already. Um, The Supreme (laughs) Court has ruled state vaccine mandates. Well, they also ruled it when vaccine was an inoculation against sickness. They ruled a vaccine mandate for travel and education and employment purposes when you taking that vaccine would keep you from getting the illness and spreading it to other people. When when vaccines were known to stop to provide immunity and provide immunity. Yes, they did that. So now he says we've had vaccine mandates, including for things like public schools and generations. Yes, we have. But those were also vaccines when they when they would provide you immunity and stop community spread. But this treatment does not do that. And the director of the CDC has already said so out loud on TV in August. 
so these are three uh, three memes that we did to, in today's show um, that are mean. Yeah, they're mean memes that are spreading dangerous misinformation. Yeah, by good-hearted, kind, <laughs> pajama class retirees, well-meaning people gone rogue. They are they're angry. Yeah, and they're going to spank people because they're being told they're not having a good time. They're being told that the enemy is over there. Yeah, by the enemy. Yeah, the people who are lying to them. So you know, um, you know, you know the whole like poor people thing in this country. I've heard of it, and like the ta- the whole tax the rich thing. I participate in the like, poor people thing. Tax quite <laughs> often. <laughs> you also participated in um, Occupy Wall Street in the San Francisco yeah. area. So like yeah. there, there's like this whole concept that we that. People who are making money by taxing our shared resources should pay to take care of those shared resources. Um, and and then we've got this whole class, I'm speaking to my liberal friends here, yeah, do it, do it. who know this, they know this metaphor, this whole thing where politicians and big money brainwash our well-meaning middle-class neighbors to think that it's the poor people that are the problem. Like we know that that happens. Our yes. li- our liberal friends, we all know that story. Like, like the the rich they encourage, people. They encourage the pajama class. That little thin line. The tiny bit of middle class. Of middle we have. class. They tell them yeah. that things suck because of poor people. The big money tells the middle class that life sucks because the middle because the poverty class wants a living wage. Yeah. When that's. That's like not how it is. And that's happening again with this. Is the well-meaning people who are on board with the stop the pandemic narrative are being told by the people who created the pandemic that we're the problem. Mm. We just got followed on YouTube. We did? By Quit Your Cult. Oh, my God. Uh, Quit Your Cult. I don't know much about it. Anyway, thanks. Um, thanks. Quit your cult. Oh, I I think that's somebody that I know. Yeah. Yeah. He has a beard. Yes, a person who um, I know obliquely through um, my church connections. It looks like he has a he a talks pan, a pandemic beard too. It's growing over all the videos that I see. <laughs> he talks regularly about his experiences um, getting out of a toxic ah. religious environment. Well, he's following our YouTube page now. Mm. Thanks for thanks for playing. Sweet. All right. Um, Is that yeah. it? I'm just kind of scrolling through, looking at all these maps about how zoonotic coronaviruses are. Mm. It's kind of fun. Like you could look that up. Zoonotic. Z o o n o t i c. I think it's pronounced zoonotic. But like, what that means is polio. Di- <laughs> Polio didn't come from animals, yeah, and it can't really go to animals either. Right. There was a study that my, a friend of mine brought to my attention that I looked up and debunked. Yeah. But there was a study where they tried to get it to go to monkeys, yeah, so that they could test treatments on, on monkeys, monkeys. But they couldn't even get polio to infect the monkeys enough to test polio treatments on the monkeys. Right. So polio and smallpox did not come from animals, and they do not live in the animal kingdom other than Homo sapiens. Yeah, that's why uh, it's not the same thing. Most coronaviruses came from bats or rats and traveled through 
some other kind of mammal, such as a pig or a cow or a badger or something like that, and made it into the human population. Yeah, we kind of know that. Deer. And then it mutates. It, it has its ability to morph and change to grow into different beings. Yeah. Um, it doesn't want to kill them all because it, that's... They that, don't always do that, though. Some yeah. coronaviruses only live in bats. Yeah. At, like, apparently, this one that we were... Apparently. Yeah. This one was only in bats, and then they decided to see how... How can we... How can we make it infect humans so, so in case that it infects humans, we we'll know it. how to stop it. Yeah. And they couldn't figure... They figured out how to get it into the humans, but not how to stop it part. It's like a really great idea. But we're not sure. We're not 100% sure that that's the story. That seems to be the story. The metaphor that I'm using is the, the, the drawbridge is slowly falling across the moat of protection mm. around Fauci and his cohorts Yeah. under the weight of... Tons of evidence that Fauci and his cohorts have been funding research to make a bat coronavirus contagious to humans for the past decade that was not originally contagious to humans. And they're still claiming SARS-CoV-2 is not that virus. Not that one. Just the other ones we were trying to do that with. Definitely that not We're that. totally safe, those ones. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who is watching this presently and people who are watching it in the future. Uh, we would you mind sharing a link to our donation page? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow we, us on Podbean as well. We uh, when you get information from us, you know who's paying for it. It's us. <laughs> it's us with we our lives. We don't um, have a secret cabal of big pharma, the media, or the government trying to tell us what to tell you. We do have some loyal uh, folks that have subscribed and decided to help fund our work with a uh, with a uh, we we. We're looking for a thousand people at five dollars a month, and people are starting to chip in ten and twenty. Yeah, so we won't awesome. even need a thousand people if we can just yeah have some people supporting what we're doing. God, and that would mean we have the memes set up ahead of time. We get to hire oh an editor. Yeah. I can like look at you, and we can and and just look at you, and then somebody else boops the buttons. Yeah, we're looking to that we're better research, that more research, more sources, less time of me googling shit on the fly. You know what I'm talking about. So if you appreciate the kind of work that we're doing here. Um, Please support us in doing this. You can go to postorthodoxy.com. We're going to do it anyway, and we make all our stuff available for free. We're not charging people for the Extra work that we're doing. Extra exclusive times. But we are asking for support if people appreciate the work that we're doing. Yeah. We spend many, many, many hours per week to find the information that we present to you in a couple of hours For support here. if people ah, appreciate Sorry. How was that? Us. That was me. A couple seconds ago. Oh, um, look. My past you- is catching up to me. <laughs> Very fast. If you if you don't have five dollars a month or ten dollars a month to share, you can like us on our platforms. That makes a big difference. Right now, Facebook. We're we're trying to get people to follow us on Twitter because we would like to be having conversations that are more open minded and less censored. And Facebook censors people. Facebook just makes it so you just don't know that we're posting anything. They told us that they are. Yeah. (laughs) They said we are going to limit who sees your stuff because of the things that you're posting. By the way, I've never been kicked off of Facebook. I've never violated their terms of service in any way. I've never done anything that would make them kick me off. And we're we don't share angry bitchy memes. No. No. We're sharing data. Try not to. Sometimes I might. You share angry bitchy memes? I try not to, but sometimes it happens. Don't do not do that. It undermines the mission. I know, I know. Come on. I'm working on it. <laughs> All Thanks right, guys. Thanks for playing this week. Um, if you 
can find us on Twitch under The Seviers. Twitch.tv slash The Seviers. Yeah, we're chopping up these shows into what we call microdoses. We and post them having, on Facebook and Twitter, too. And we'll too. post them on Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. and we'll start spreading them around. Uh, appreciate everybody who uh, supports the endeavor, and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Oh, oh what about that map? What map? I want to, in case anybody has gotten this, this far to the video, <laughs> we are putting together the murder map of the story narrative that we are are what do we believe concocting we're trying to understand the story of the covid narrative okay so we're building a map a murder map showing like is it a virus or not a virus was it manipulated was it not manipulated and now we're in and those are still things that we're working on yeah. we want to start uh tackling and we didn't have time this week we have to if with your support <laughs> um with your support, we week. could hire someone to install a washer and dryer oh, for us God. instead of spending two days doing it ourselves. Right. Um, and then we would be job creators, and you would be a job creator with us. The question we're looking to answer next on the murder map is where did it come from and when? Some people say Wuhan. Some people say it, the outbreak was in Washington some uh, state. Some people say it came from one of the Carolinas from a university. We don't know that yet. So if you have a good lead on you think some, you know on some reputable sources, the first cases in Homo sapiens. What? Yeah. When did humans first get it? Was it Wuhan? Was it Washington? Was it South Carolina? Was, was it, it Texas? Britain? Was it Britain? If you have a good source on that information, please let us know. Yeah. We're going to be digging into it and see if we can answer. And if we can't answer it, we'll at least have the theories that we found and yeah. we'll move on to the next question until we can nail that one down. We'll be like a scientist do and make a hypothesis and move yeah. on. We're this is our hypothesis. That. It seems like the most likely scenario. We look forward to be proven wrong because we would rather know the truth. Yeah. Thanks for playing, folks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm tired. Tired? Thank you for visiting our Outpost in the Borderlands. Post-Orthodoxy is a project of Sevier Studios. We host ongoing, interactive conversations centered around cognitive liberty, and you can join in by catching one of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can also catch each conversation after the fact as a podcast by searching for Post-Orthodoxy wherever podcasts are found. If you take value from the work we are doing and the community we are building together, you can support the Outpost in the Borderlands for as little as $5 a month on our website, BetterTime. That's betterti.me. Visit the Sevier Studios page and subscribe. You can also support The Outpost by following and connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and or Substack. Our post-Orthodoxy theme music was composed by Frank Pascal, and a special thanks goes to our voice actors, Amelia, Colin, Zbo, Rosie, Gabo, Vicky, Mokai, and Tony. Thanks for playing. outside your reality bubble. I think I dribbled a bit that last one.